You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Well, good morning and welcome again to Grace Community Church. Uh, my name is Brad Talley. I'm the teaching elder. I'm looking to see if I see any new faces. Uh, if this is your very first time here, uh, you're here on an interesting day, an unusual day. It's a great day. Those of you who did not go somewhere on Memorial Day weekend, you'll be glad you didn't go. I do wonder if you have a life that you're here. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. This is, this is where life happens at, at, at church, if we belong to the church. But this morning, we're going to hear uh, from Joe and Stefania Hunziker. Especially, I want to interview Aaron and Mattia. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to hear from Joe and Stefania. This is their last Sunday here with us. They've been here about uh, 10 months, almost 10 months. Uh, 10 years ago, uh, the Lord established this partnership as uh, the elders sent me to Italy with the commission that we were going to be supporting a ministry there. Unusual context, the way it all came about. But uh, Joe and Stefania and Aaron and Mattia and Joy welcomed me into their home. I didn't know what Joe looked like. He didn't know what. It was a last, it was a very quick uh, connection. My my uh, luggage was like an hour late at Rome Airport. He didn't, I'm hoping that there's somebody on the other side of that uh, door when I finally came out. I was just sitting there waiting. But we made that connection, and it's a partnership that works both ways. Uh, Grace Community Church, Isola in Italy, the, specifically the ministry of the Hootseekers, but how the Lord is using them at Isola. We're going to hear, have a little interview with them. Joe and Stefani, you guys come on up here. And as they come, uh, I'm just going to say the whole group leaders, we're changing up the way uh, we're doing this uh, service today. I just want to make sure we give ample time to them. And so when we finish with the interview, if we finish uh, before the end of the service, um, then we will have uh, some time for testimonies from the congregation. Just thinking about this entire series that we've been doing. We're going to talk about that a little bit with with these guys. So Joe and Stefani, you guys have been here 10 months and uh, this has been exactly like you expected it to be. Is that correct? Uh, sort of, yeah. Make sure we're on. Sort of, not really. Well, tell us, uh, tell, tell us what your expectations were and how things were different. Well, we expected to come to America and we know everything is big, but not that big. Really, <laughs> sizes were more than we expected, but also, you know, at camp, uh, to live the local church is not very easy because uh, usually camp, when camp is on, uh, we have a hard time to live and be at church as well. So we were looking forward to be in church and live the local church. And this is very encouraging coming here because uh, a church usually resembles their elders and their pastor. And we have a great pastor and a great uh, elders team that really passionately and with love and with a lot of energy invest. And uh, we just could feel this in among you. And you didn't make us feel part of the family, but you made us part of the family. We really felt like, or we really uh, realized that 
we became part of the body, part of your mission, part of uh, what you are doing here, part of the body. And this was very, very encouraging and uh, really helped us because, as I said, back home we live in a different situation. The church is a little bit different. It's coming from a more legalistic background. And we don't always have time to be uh, in the local church and enjoy it. So it was a great year to and this went way beyond our expectation when we experienced here in church. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, I remember being at camp. We were very much connected with the local church. I mean, we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever we had opportunity. But uh, it was quite uh, helter-skelter. You never knew when you were going to be able to, to get there and not. So what about the, the year as a whole? Did, uh, <coughs> did it meet your expectations, exceed, fall short? I mean, I, I know you were expecting a little bit of a different life here this, this year. Yes, well, um, we actually planned also on studying here, Stefania, uh, at the university. And I also uh, hope to do some studies. But this didn't work out because uh, visa reasons. But yet, the Lord had a different schedule and taught us quite a bit, so it was also beyond our expectation what we learned. Yeah, so um, I, I know when, when one of the reasons that I was excited about you being here was for you to be exposed to all of the resources that are available in the U.S. And uh, a lot of those are not available in Italy. We were talking this morning, and we've been... All, all year we've been talking about outreach and how there are similarities in, in the way that you evangelize in, in Italy and there are differences in the ways that you evangelize. So you wanna, both of you want to speak to that a little bit? Well, first of all, I took an important thing with me. I didn't just think it, that my emotional Italian. Um, I would say that when I came in the States 20 years ago, you know, as a teenager, uh, everything was much different from Europe. And I would say that now there are so many similarities also on evangelism. And in Italy, what really works is to base, you know, to really endeavor ourselves in friendship. So just invest our time in friendship with not believers or not church goers. And this takes time. And I know that it's also changing here. Your approach to evangelism is not anymore in the squares or you know just frontal frontal evangelism. But what is maybe hidden that result to our fruit that is coming many in many years ahead. And in Italy, we sow, we pray, and wait because the time makes a lot of difference in what we do. Because people need really to process what we say about the Bible, because uh, Christianity, Christianity in Italy is, I mean, Catholicism in Italy is a cult, it's culture. So you are Italian, you are Catholic, and when you are exposed to the Bible, you really have to question your identity, and this takes time, because you are, you are really questioning, you know, your life, your relationship with uh, relatives that maybe will judge you eventually if you change religion. So, I mean, friendship is really the key, and passion needs to go along. We really have to wait for the Lord to really enter in those relationships and awaken uh, their interest and their... Another thing that is very, I don't know, in, in the States, but 
the sense of sin, I mean the concept of sin and guilt and repentance is very far. We really need uh, repentance. Can you explain that a little bit? Um, yeah. In the States or in Italy? In Italy. In Italy. No, what people do not see sin. I sin. Mean, you are, if your identity, you are born as a Christian, you're a good man. Right. So, I mean, do you really need to repent? Yes. From what? You know? So, uh, the standard is the Bible, is not the culture. So, we need to bring the Italians back to the Bible. And actually, this. The fact that we didn't have the Reformation plays a very important part. I mean, the people are not related to the Bible as maybe they are here. Even though they mock the Bible here, on a way, um, there's always space to talk about. Yes. This I really appreciate here in the States. Yes, the uh, biblical principles um, are, are still very evident in American culture. Uh, it's better to give than receive. I mean, we hear things like that, whereas perhaps you don't hear them as much in Italy. Um, I, I, I do know in America it's the same as in Italy. It's very religious. Uh, well, it's it, it, again, it's changing. It, the Catholic Church actually probably keeps religion a little more at the forefront than where we seem to be heading as a nation. People here are much freer to say, well, I just don't believe God. And maybe it's because we're split off into so many different uh, factions as, as believers. But people need to understand that the default position is not, I'm okay with God as long as I don't mess it up, but it's that I am an enemy of God, and unless something happens, I will remain in that case. Joe, you were going to say something. Well, yes, um, something I learned, and this also I was thinking about uh, it this, these days, what did I learn in all this year? Because we came over here also to have a, a sabbatical and it was not quite sabbatical and um, so I was thinking what what did the Lord want to teach me and I was in Mark and uh, reading this story I, I am sure you all know um, when the disciples they were sent out by Jesus to go and preach and he was giving them authority to heal and to do miracles and to cast out demons and to preach and then they came back and they were all excited, but they were tired. And Jesus said, let's go in a desolated place, let's go a little bit away. And so they crossed the sea, but the people saw it and ran ahead of them. And made it before them, and when they got out of the boat, there was a huge crowd. And again, work for all of them, because now also the disciples were uh, having the authority and teaching. So. Jesus had compassion. I don't know if the disciples had, but Jesus had compassion and started to teach. And then at the end of the day, uh, the disciples, I think they were even more tired than before, and they went to Jesus and said, please, send them off. Let them go and eat something somewhere because it's already night. And Jesus said, you give me something. And Jesus didn't just, was not kidding them or was trying to make them feel bad because they, are self, they were selfish. But he meant what he said. And when he says something, he expects action and he produces action. So their disciples were tired and there was another task and they said, Jesus, no way, we don't have the money, we don't have the possibility, there is no way we can do that. 
And that's a little bit how the situation we were in after seven years of camp ministry on the ground, and even before that, we had four years. We made back and forth from Rome to Isola and did church planting and camp. So there were 11 years, and we were kind of tired, and we were hoping to go in a little bit, not a desolated place, even a desolated place here, but in a place where we could rest a bit. And yet, there was more work to come because the day after we arrived, we got out of the boat or after the, the airplane, there was an earthquake back home at the camp, and there was a lot of work to do because they couldn't handle it by themselves, and we had to help them a lot. And so went the whole year with four earthquakes, with a heavy snowstorm, with power outage, and many things happened. So there we were, and Jesus says, you give me something to eat. And this was not, Jesus had a lesson in mind and really prepared something for the disciples to teach them a lesson for life that we have to learn as well, and we are still struggling with. And the disciples, they didn't get it, because later on in, in the chapter, in the next miracle, when Jesus walked on the sea, uh, when he got in the boat, it says the disciples were utterly uh, surprised, and in a lot of fear, and then it says, because they didn't understand uh, about the loves, about the bread, multiplied uh, just a few hours before. But what was the lesson they were su supposed to learn and didn't learn? That's why they were surprised when he was walking on the sea. And, well, I think the lesson is that he is, Jesus is God, that he is the creator, that he can create from nothing or from very little, and that he's in full control. And that if he gives you a task, can't do it without him. Because that's actually what happened. They did the task, they gave people to eat, but with him, because he was multiplying. But there is even, uh, I thought about it, you know, think about, it says it was the multiplication of five, uh, the feeding of 5,000 men, and there were also women and children, I guess. So, let's say 6,000 to keep it low, probably 10 or 12,000, but 6,000 people. And Jesus gave the bread and the fish to the 12 disciples to distribute. So that 6,000 divided by 12 makes 500. That means the whole place jammed full of people, also the, the holes in the back full of people. And you are the only one that serves all these people. You have to go back and forth many times bringing bread and fish. And then it was not an even ground, it was on a hillside. So the disciples had to go down the hill, get some bread, come back to Jesus, get some more, and bring it back again, and come back and bring it. Okay, can, we take, can we take a nap now? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's exactly what we should do. Constantly come back to Jesus and receive so we can give constantly be in contact with him, uh, have this uh, unbroken fellowship from morning till evening, just be with the, the creator, be with Jesus, and that enables us. And I imagine Jesus, while he was breaking the bread and giving it out, he was looking at them and encouraging them, and they went back. 
hated and came back, back and forth. Because it seemed like it was <coughs> multiplying as Jesus broke it, not as they handed it out. So they had to come back. So this was a, a great lesson. Um, I think that sums up a little bit what we had to learn in this year and what we are still working on and trying to understand better and do better in it. That he is in full control. He is great. He is sovereign. He is good because he wants the good of the people. He had, he was, uh, when he was looking at the people, he wanted to continue to teach and help them and not going by himself. So he is looking for the good of the people. And then the third thing, I have to abide in him. I have to be with him. I have to be attached to him. If not, there's no way I can do something. Actually, Jesus said it later on to the disciples, without me, you can't do anything. So it's not a new lesson. It's the same lesson we know already, but I still, I'm still learning and trying to understand that. Yes, um, the rest, it, it rarely comes when you anticipate it, does it? I mean, so, sometimes just a change of scenery is helpful. Um, that is sort of a rest for the soul, but the physical rest, you guys didn't get that. The, talk a little bit about the pace of life in America as opposed to the pace of life in Italy. <clears throat> is it the same or much faster here? <laughs> Actually, I really enjoy the fact that um, you keep uh, family and church as a priority. And uh, I know that you struggle with work. You are very hard work working people. If I think about teacher, you know, they get up so early in the morning. I mean, oh, why do you get up so early? <laughs> you are at 7 o'clock already in school. I mean, and this really inspired me. But on the other hand, um, I know that in church and uh, among you, you are really keeping family and church as a priority because I think from that comes a lot of power, a lot of strength, spiritual strength. And I think, I think this is what we experience, you know, here in, in the state as a family. Uh, you know, a question that you asked was, how was for me as a wife and as a, a mom? And I would say that um, I really have to reconsider, you know, even though we are going back to a huge task, because, you know, uh, we have a lot of people interested in the gospel, which is great. We have a lot of campers. We have very few resources, but we have, ourselves, we have children, so how do you really put priority uh, in all of that? Um, I think we really need much more to think about, um, to, give, to take direction from God, what is priority in this day? And I would say that in the last seven years I was very much driven from uh, fear of man, much more than fear of God, in the sense that the culture didn't help me because Italian culture is pleasing everyone, it's very difficult to say no, and uh, I want to still be loving people, but on the other hand, I, I also want to uh, consider that uh, I'm also a blessing to the people. If my relationship with John is, you know, very cared for, if my children are also a priority, and uh, there are times where ministry is a priority. I mean, somewhere, I cannot really, um, Put a high expectation on my husband that during summer he will, he will take me out, you know, twice a week. Or <laughs> okay. I don't want to say that because 
we want to be hard, hard worker for the kingdom. And I think that also here I've seen people really working hard in the ministry. This is not the point, it's just that um, we ask the Lord the wisdom really and the power really to uh, care for the task he has given us in a way that only through his power we can do it. And so I would say that there are many little things we can do at camp, even high season. I said to Joe, we prayed a lot together during this time. I mean, why do we have to stop when we go back? Just because there are too many things to do? I mean, let's find a time even in the difficult season of camp, you know, just to five minutes to be to take a coffee together and espresso, please. <laughs> and pray together, you know, as a couple. And so, I'm sorry, she, she said, she told me this before. <laughs> I'm going to. And uh, I think there are many little things. Because sometimes we think that priority means that we have to stop and do only that. And this is not possible. I mean, if we have to cook, we have to cook. If we have to do laundry, we have to do laundry. But in the midst of a day, in, the, um, in a day, we can also find time to cherish one another and take time for praying together and just be maybe have a quality time with one of my kids. I was really encouraged this year because, you know, I, I, I came here and I said, I'm, I'm going to study, I'm, I'm going to pursue my degree. And the Lord said, I have another plan for you. You really have to work on your priorities and to think about the structure of your life again. And I'm very happy to go back and I need grace to practice what I learned this year. And I need prayer from you. Thank you because you do that. Yes. Um, just uh, we'll wrap it up with this question: What are you guys facing when you go back? I mean, it, it is high season, so it's. Yeah, actually, a couple of days after we arrive, we have the first camp. That's an English camp with a hundred kids from unchurched families. That's our highlight because I like the camps where a lot of kids from unchurched families come, and we have the opportunity to, to give the gospel to them. And to invite them to other camps, they come then also back to uh, Bible camps. But another thing that is very encouraging to us, and maybe Stefania can tell you also more about, back home <coughs> over these seven years that we lived at camp, uh, we developed, actually it was just normal happening, uh, some relationship with uh, six, actually seven uh, couples that live very close to our place and they, they have their kids in school with our kids, so we got to know them and we invited them to come over and have pizza with us and uh, they were interested in our lives and in the camp, and, but we were kind of outsiders because we were evangelicals and they made a lot of questions to us. But now as we were here, uh, in a very bad snowstorm they had, one of the couple, they had to come and live with us at the camp because they had problems in their house and so they stayed at camp and they saw the staff, how they would treat each other and daily, medita uh, uh, devotion. daily devotion time. And then one Sunday they couldn't leave the place because there was too much snow, so they would have their Sunday service at camp. And they would just sit in and listen. And they got converted, which was a very great thing for us after many years to see that this happen. And then now they started, since they are full of joy, especially the lady, uh, she wants to bring this joy into the, the group of this uh, 
friends that they spend very often sit together and have time together. And she wants to bring it in into this uh, uh, group. And so different messages arrive to us uh, through uh, the different socials. And they said, I want to continue. Right, very shortly, I want to say that the first Bible that they read was that they read was our lives. So in a culture like Italy, where the Bible is not very known, uh, the first Bible they read was our lives. And so now we are at the point that actually they want to read the real Bible, <laughs> I mean, the, the word. And so uh, please pray for us that we really can be bold. Because there is a time where we have to be passionate, and we have to sow, we have to invest in this relationship, even though we don't see anything. Maybe it happens here too. And you think, I mean, how is this guy going to, to know the, the Lord? I mean, he's, but we kept going. We said, we have to show them love. We have to, sometimes, you know, I prayed about, God, give me a, a small phrase, or some truth I can put in the conversation, and they, or a question, I can ask a question, or, or Lord, please, let them ask me questions. Because sometimes it was also very difficult that they ask you questions. But now, finally, because of the Lord's power, they are asking, what, the, what does the Bible say about that? And so now we have to be bold and truth to the word. And it will be a very challenging time for them because we are isolated. The camp is in a Catholic shrine. I mean, in a town where there is a Catholic shrine. Which means, which tells, tells us what that means, the Catholic shrine. Catholic shrine, this is actually one of the seven Catholic shrines. And if you come this year to Italy, you will get total atonement. It means if you come to our place and so visit no the shrine, no. no purgatory, you will get this rid year. of This year, this <laughs> year. And they teach it, and so we have a lot of religious tourists coming. And they are very strong in our valley. Actually, in the very beginning, they told when the founder came and was preaching the gospel, in the marketplace, they chased them off, and then they told people whoever would have contact with us will not be buried in the burial ground, the Catholic burial, burial ground, which means there is no salvation for you forever, because this is the seventh sacrament you need, and you don't, if you don't get that, you will not make it to heaven. And now, the same thing happened actually this year, because the priest in town uh, was telling the parents of many kids that come to camp, if their kids continue to come to camp, he will not uh, give them the different uh, like sacraments. sacraments. And so there is a big, if you take stand and become an evangelical, uh, this is a big thing in Italy. It's there's really, a price to pay. There's a price to pay. And so this is the situation we are going back to now, uh, that the situation became, uh, again, very concrete between this priest, the Catholic priest, that actually uh, is not in the shrine, but he's very, he sees that a lot of kids come to our place, and when he organizes something, sometimes he doesn't have all that many kids, and so that gives kind of a difficult situation now we have to face. So. Please pray for us for this situation. We don't want to go and fight. Uh, we want to uh, help him because I think uh, he needs to, to know the Lord better as well. And we want to help these people, these friends that write us and 
tell us, come back please and read the Bible with us and we need to stay together. And then there is camp, so there is a lot of action going on waiting for us as we come back. Well, we're going to miss you. And in fact, I need a couple of guys, uh, maybe Ricky if you would, and someone else help with these microphones. And we're going to just take a, a little bit of time and do two or three things. One of the things I'd like for us to do is to just, uh, just to share uh, how much we appreciate these guys' lives. If you can sit down, you don't have to take your tissues with you. Um, yeah, because you may, you may need them. Um, I, I was thinking, as I was thinking about it, like I said, this initially it was going to be in the context of a message from 1 Corinthians 3, one plants, one waters, God is the one who gives the growth. And it struck me as I was thinking that anything that happens in Italy, we're partners with these guys. We get to share in those blessings. But it goes the other way, too. Anything that happens here, they're partners with us. It's not like just one way. We're doing all the giving. We have received a great deal from these guys. And I wonder if some of you would just like to just offer a blessing, a word, a Thank you, something along those lines, to Joe and Stefania this morning before they uh, go back. Appreciation for what they've done. I'm trying to give you ideas here. So. I want to say to Joe and Stefania and your family that I really appreciate the heart you have for Christ. I appreciate um, the words that you shared, not only today, but I remember, Joe, some of the things that you shared earlier this year and about um, just basking in God's, you know, the Holy Spirit basking. And in, in, I remember you talking about the sun in, in your office, and I remember talking about one of your favorite times, the sun coming down and, and hitting your, your head, the back of your neck, and warming, and, and just how that showed God's you know, the Holy Spirit, how that warms our hearts and the relationship with Him. And I really do appreciate the stance that you guys take in a very difficult climate and just really wanting to plug in the hearts of the Italian people and all that come to your camp. And I just thank you for that and what that teaches me in, in staying strong and being bold, um, especially with some of the stuff in the Philippines. So I appreciate that. That's an encouragement to me. Emotional when you talk as Italian, then I'm, I'm all like Italian. Um, in 2013, when we got to go with the youth group to Italy, they changed my life. Um, they were so open. They moved out of the houses when we went to Rome and let teenagers just stay. And it was it was huge to me. I, you know, you don't. I didn't know anybody that just would do something like that. And when we got back, that's just how I wanted to be. I wanted to really not worry about stuff and just worry about people. So they really changed my life. Did Joe and Stefania, as uh, the, our home group, uh, are the ones that uh, are really charged with uh, prayer and uh, we've 
appreciated just so much your attendance at our home group. The different perspective that uh, they bring to the gospel, they make you see things that uh, you didn't see before. I mean, when Joe talks about going back to Jesus, coming out and giving, and then going back to Jesus, it's just, uh, it's mind-blowing, just the different perspective and the, uh, the insights you get from having them here and their friendship. Joe Stefano, kids, we're going to miss you greatly. We really are, and uh, you've really uh, spurred our home group, and uh, we will be talking about uh, hopefully sending some of our folks over to help you out in Italy. It would just be just such a wonderful thing, and uh, we're just glad you're here, and uh, we hate to see you go, and I know that it was so difficult for you to, you couldn't even unplug here, you know, to relax and uh, to get the rest, but then again, as you say, God is sovereign, and things that you've learned here, you'll take them back, and the things that we've learned, we'll keep forever, and uh, you'll always be in our hearts. So, just thank you again. I think that is one of the great benefits of interacting with folks like the Hootenseekers, is that we get to see a different culture which shapes our minds differently. It's the same truth, but Joe says things when he preaches in ways, and Stefania says things, and, and Aaron and Mattia we talk, they say things, and it's the same truth, but it's said in a fresh way, and it helps you to see it in a much broader sense than you saw it before. As Joe, I was thinking about that today. I, it was this, right before he made the point, terrible timing to say, hey, can I take a nap? But I was just thinking about how difficult that was of the, for the disciples going back and forth and how tired they must have been. Um, and so, again, so many other things that, 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 that they have said that have helped expand the way that I think about the gospel. And that's going to be the beautiful thing about us all worshiping together throughout all eternity. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Somebody is going to be there and we're going to all, our, our sense of, of wonder of God's beautiful plan for all of us is just going to explode uh, across the new heavens and the new earth, and we, and it can happen now if you will take the time to get to know people at the level that you get to hear stuff on that one-on-one -on -one kind of kind of uh, opportunities. Someone else want to share? I appreciate knowing this family as I have, and then the unity in the family that there had been, the love that they have one for another. And then I have, uh, I've told Joy, I said, so Stefania is just about as good of a witness as Joe is, because she has really, to me, shown her love for the Lord and, and his work. And then these children and their relationship with one another with them, I've enjoyed that and I've appreciated that because that's important in families, especially in ministers' families. Yes, it absolutely is. It's so <laughs> difficult for the wives so many times. And I, I look, when I was at camp, youth pastors all the time the youth pastors it doesn't matter how dynamic how good they were at what they did the wives made the difference in the ministry it's just the way it is and yet in in, in the evangelical world where we believe what we believe about male leadership the wife so many times doesn't get anywhere near the same kind of affirmation understanding and appreciation that the husband does so thank you Stefania for serving the Lord as beautifully as you do. Um, so we've been coming to this church for about a year and a half. So about 12 months ago when 
people in the front kept saying, the Hunsikers are coming, the Hunsikers are coming. I'm like, who cares, who are they? <laughs> What's the big deal, you know? Thank you, John. No. You bet, you bet. I'm not done yet. Okay. But, uh, um, so when they arrived and when we got to meet them face to face and got to know them, um, I mean, they're the real deal, you know? Uh, their zeal for the Lord, you can tell uh, their influence on their children. Um, we've had a lot of interaction with their family. Um, so yeah, we're going to start saving money, uh, start a little piggy bank uh, for our trip to Italy. We look forward to seeing you guys there, and we've enjoyed listening to your accent. The gospel is so much more powerful when you hear it with yeah. an Italian accent, right? I'm married, <laughs> I'm married up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we will miss you, but this is not a goodbye. We will see you again. We look forward to seeing you in Italy. So. Right there, or Leah will come back and take the microphone and meet you. Joe and Stefania have shared their, um, their journey of the camp from the beginning with Jim and I. And it, to me, was a story that was so beautiful because they shared from the very beginning of where God had began to bring this camp into yes. fruition many, many years ago. And it just, it just spoke to me and said, it's happening everywhere. It's all over the world. God's doing his work in those ways all over the world. And they just happened to be the one that shared all the little details that um, just, just let you see God's, God's busy. He's just busy in little quiet ways that we don't even see. So thank you for sharing that, and we're going to miss you so much. That's going to be important to, for us to remember in the coming days. Because so much of the world that we are familiar with, the gospel is being attacked and, and, and it's being closed down. But God is doing his work. He's, he's expanding it in some places. And that's the way it's always going to be. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church, but not the American church or not even the, the European church. That, I want to talk in just a moment a little bit about what Stefania said about how we're so much more like Europe than we were 20 years ago. Uh, and that's not necessarily a good thing as far as the gospel is. That's not a good thing as far as the gospel is concerned. So, um, yeah, so let's thank the Lord for what he is doing. Allison, I think. Joe and Stefania and Matia and Aaron and Joya, we, um, I just, we're really going to miss you guys. Uh, I really appreciated you saying that you didn't just feel like family, but that you are family. And that's very much the sentiment of our hearts and I think all of the body here. Uh, we are connected with you in very deep ways and um, that is ongoing, uh, whether you're physically present here or whether you are back in Italy. And um, there are just two words that, well, there are many words, but there are two words that particularly come to mind as I think about you guys. And the first is passion. You guys are passionate about whatever you are about. And you're passionate about Jesus, and you're passionate about the gospel. And it's the truth of the word of God that fuels that passion. And I just really appreciate the source of your passion. You always go back to what is true and what is um, God's word. That is your basis for what you're passionate about. And you've shared that passion with us here. And as you go back, you'll be sharing it with people back in Italy. You're passionate about relationship too. And that has been a really beautiful thing for us to see um, 
as you have lived out your life here in these past 10 months, you love people well and you love them deeply and you're very grateful and you express that gratitude in very meaningful ways. Um, the other word is steadfastness. You have gone through a lot of trial while you've been here. Trial um, with things that have been happening back at the camp. And yet you've been so steadfast in plugging into Jesus and knowing him as the source of the wisdom that he gives you and the, the life and the strength that he gives you in dealing with very difficult situations from afar. And I just really appreciate that steadfastness. You have shown us how to walk through difficult times uh, relying upon the Lord and being steadfast in the strength that he provides you. So our love goes with you and our love will always be with you. Allison has uh, <clears throat> pulled back the curtain a little bit. This has been, without question, one of the most difficult periods of these guys' lives. You wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know it, but there's a lot going on and we just need to pray for them as they, as they go on. A tough time, but the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, settling over them, you just see it happening uh, through, through the year that they've been here. And by the way, they, we get the blessing of having them in our home for this last week. They're finishing up over here at Bowie's Creek. By the way, if if Bowie's Creek is not remote, well, how remote is the place where you guys are? <laughs> It's not, really. It may seem like country, but this isn't country anymore. But, um, so Allison's got a long list, so don't expect any rest this week. Uh, things that I can't, I'm incapable of doing, so she'll have it. Well, uh, any, anything else, anybody else? I, I, I wanted to just think a little bit, Cecilia, and then I'm, I'm going to jump into something else and for just a few minutes before we close. I don't really know y'all other than up there on the pulpit and watching y'all. But I would like to put a blessing over you. I would ask that the Lord, as he gives you knowledge, he will multiply that knowledge. And in that knowledge, he will give you understanding. And multiply that understanding. And as he gives you understanding, he will give you wisdom to know what to do with your knowledge and understanding. And as he gives you wisdom, may he give you also discernment to know when to use it. And I pray this over all of you, the whole family, the knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and discernment. May God bless you abundantly with it. That's a beautiful blessing. Let's Follow that up with prayer. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you uh, that before the foundation of the world was laid, that you chose to bring Joe and Stefania into your family. Lord, we thank you for all of the Hunzikers, for Aaron and Mattia, enjoy her as well. And we thank you so much for this beautiful blessing that Cecilia has shared with them. We do pray for the knowledge to increase. We thank you that while they were here, they were exposed to so many resources that we 
frankly take for granted or we're tempted to take for granted all the time. You can go anywhere and, and, and get anything you need in America. Not so. So their knowledge has increased. Their understanding of grace and, and scripture has grown along with ours. And Lord, uh, they have also grown in wisdom. It is very evident when we see them dealing with the things that uh, are going on in, from a distance. How challenging that must be. But Lord, there's never enough knowledge, never enough understanding, never enough wisdom. We all desperately need all three of those blessings that come from you. So we pray it upon Joe and Stefania, and we pray it upon Aaron and Matia and Joya. And Lord, we ask for the same for ourselves. Help us to t continue to grow in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we receive this knowledge uh, from you, as we receive understanding and wisdom, may our hearts constantly look in addition to uh, upward to you and inward to one another and the blessing that we have as a body. May we also always be looking out, looking for opportunities to share this wonderful news that Jesus saves. We thank you for our time with the Zoom Seekers that we pray as they go back that this partnership will remain strong. And I pray, Lord, that many in our body will be able to make that trip uh, over. And I know lots of people say it's easy for you. Lord, provide the funds provide encouragement both ways um, or to them and to us as we go. Thank you for bringing them here. Bring them back soon, Lord, uh, to our open arms. And, and may they go with our blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that would be a good place to end the service. It's not quite ready to end. One more thing I want to share. Um, we were talking just before uh, this morning about the difference in evangelism in Italy and evangelism here. It's the same. Uh, you, you, you get to know people. You, you give yourself to people, and they're open to the gospel. One of the big differences between us and them, though, is these guys have been with these couples for seven years, and the first person out of the blue trusted Christ because of just circumstances and and also, though, all that they've been hearing. What we tend to do in America is that we, as believers, we interact with people that don't know Christ. And if something doesn't happen fairly soon, it's like, oh, well, clearly the Lord's not leading here. Let's, let's move on somewhere else. There are plenty of people to talk to. There are plenty of people. But this is, an, this is a challenge to us to hang in there with the gospel with people to year after year after year be faithful you don't ever know when the lord is going to bring someone to christ one plants one waters we'll talk about that next week and what all that that means for all of us stefania i believe it was said that the reformation didn't come to italy it's because of the whole the catholic church had i wanted for us to close this morning Thinking about Romans 1, uh, 16 and 17. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. This was why the Reformation came to Europe in the first place, was that God used these verses to speak to the heart of a monk uh, in an obscure town in Germany, Martin Luther. And he realized after years and years and years of trying so desperately to make himself acceptable before the Lord, that that's not what God blesses. And in fact, the ones who are righteous are not those who do good things and earn their status before God, but they are the ones who receive from God faith to believe in the, in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And overnight, Martin Luther's life was changed as he saw salvation in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, and, and, and leaning only on Scripture alone, not on the teachings of the church, although our connection to the church all through the ages is very important. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But nothing can take the place of Scripture. We always have to constantly be evaluating what is being said by the church. Does it line up with Scripture? By Scripture alone and all of this for the glory of God alone, the five souls. We're going to be talking about that this fall. And uh, at our home group meeting the other night, we, we were talking about the fact that each of those weeks we're going to have, as we talk about faith alone and then grace alone, we're going to have a, a little panel of, of two or three elders that are going to talk about the importance of this. Why, why is this important that we consider salvation by grace alone through faith alone? And so Chris Pope said, oh, so we're going to have a solar panel. And so I thought, you had to be there, but man, it was one of the best ever. It was hilarious. So anyway, we will have that solar panel this fall. And um, I hope, one of the things Stefania said is that at a certain point you have to be bold. And I hope, if nothing else in this entire series, that you can say along with Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. People think you're absolutely nuts if you believe the gospel. When I went to the Czech Republic, uh, in 2005, 2000, I believe it was, yeah, it was 2000, went to the Czech Republic. I stayed with a family. He was enormously successful. He had uh, all kinds of businesses and had a very nice apartment. And in fact, there were several apartments that had a swimming pool and a sauna downstairs. And his family thought he was certified because he believed the gospel. He believed that Jesus died for me and that's my only hope of heaven. I recognize who I am as a sinner, and I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And they literally thought he belonged in the loony bin. That's Europe. That's where we're heading. We're not far from there. We're moving in that direction. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written in Habakkuk 2.6 or 2.4. The righteous shall live by faith. So, this morning uh, as we say uh, goodbye temporarily to the Hunsakers, we're thankful 
that the gospel has come not only to them, but to all of us. And I pray that our hearts would be challenged and encouraged to share Christ freely with everyone that he brings into our path, in the time and in the ways that he, he calls us to, to serve in that way. We're going to pray. We're going to have our ushers come. It's the last uh, Sunday of the month, and so we're going to take our benevolence offering. One of the ways that we express our love for one another and our love for those who don't know Christ is to help in a time of need, and so that's what this offering is about. If you're here for the first time, um, we don't typically take two offerings in a service just once a month, and that's on this one. So uh, the worship team will come and lead us also. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the blessing that is ours in Jesus. We thank you, as Joe reminded us this morning, that as we look to him, you always meet our needs. And the reason you meet our needs is so that we might serve others. And so, Lord, we pray that you will take these monies, these gifts that we give. It's over and above our tithes. And that you would use it to spread the love of Christ. As we have opportunity, your word said, let us do good to all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So Lord, it's our privilege to give and we pray you'll bless our friends in Christ. Amen. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And all God's people say, Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.